All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. Excited because we've got another guest on today. We are bringing on Emma Brownson. She is the founder of Soul Stirring Branding and a branding expert, brand and web designer and coach based in Sydney, Australia. For the last decade, Emma has been providing support, guidance, and creative magic to heart-led women in business around the world who are building personal brands. Emma's mission is to help women uncover the truest expression of who they are, elevate their brand presence, and claim their value and visibility. I cannot wait to talk to her. So let's go ahead, cue that intro, and then we'll bring her on. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Emma, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh my goodness. This is so exciting. I've been listening yeah, to your really podcast before, so it kind of feels surreal that, oh wait, I'm the one who has to do the talking this time, but I'm excited. I know, because now it's like, all right, let's talk to you. Oh man, I'm so excited. Um, I want to start the question uh, with the question of what this podcast was essentially founded on, which is, do you think that there is a difference between being a solopreneur versus a business owner? And if so, what is that difference? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I've been hearing you talking about um, this sort of question with your different guests, like entrepreneur versus business. Owner. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've, I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah, for sure, there is a difference between being solo and being a business owner. And I would say I'm kind of in the middle of it right now, right? Mm. I do a lot of work, um, like still in the business, but that is the goal to really get to the point where I am able to create products and like leveraging my time more and programs and those kind of things so yeah I think that there is a definite difference and it is really easy to get into burnout if you're doing everything which I have definitely experienced along the way in the last 10 years in business let me tell you yes okay so how would you define a solopreneur what does that mean to you I guess it would be working you're working in the business you are the business there's you know yeah there could be other people, I suppose. I mean, I don't know if it re- really matters all the semantics of it, right? But I guess, yeah, solo, you're doing it yourself. Business owner, you are uh, taking on more of the CEO role, I guess. You're doing more of the higher level activity potentially. Right. Awesome. So what has been, can you tell me a little bit about your business, why you started it, and what has been your journey through those different phases of potentially solopreneur and business owner? Yeah, like it's been, it hasn't been a linear journey, which is quite interesting. No, never. It um, never is, right? It's always up and down. <laughs> yeah, totally, um, which, which you'll hear about. But yeah, I guess I started the business effectively 10 years ago, but I was really young. I was about 22 years old and it was more of a freelance type of business right at that stage because it's really easy as a graphic designer to be able to, you've, you've got a computer, you've got your tools, like, you know, there's not much to it really. So I'm one of those, um, you know, unusual people where I knew what I wanted to do right from a really young age. So right from even when I was in high school, I was working towards becoming a graphic designer, like doing what we call in Australia, like different certificates and those types of things. Then when I graduated, I went to university and I studied uh, 
visual communication design, which is a, another word for graphic design, basically. So did the degree and then, yeah, just kind of fell into the business almost. It um, just sort of happened quite organically where um, as part of, I guess, graduating, we put together a little mini website, like a portfolio, and then people mm. started finding me because I think there are a lot of people out there looking for freelancers. And yeah. um, then I got my very first client who was, I'm pretty sure my first client was someone starting a yoga studio. And it was interesting nice. because um, I said, what kind of budget do you have? And she's like, oh, you know, I've got $500 I can spend. And this is obviously Australian dollars or even less in USD. And I said, okay, she wanted a logo. And I said, I'm going to do your whole visual branding for that $500 because even back then I felt really, really strongly that your brand, your visual branding is so much more than just a logo. And people have probably heard that before, but yeah, it's, it is so much more encompassing than just that. You know, we're talking about your color palette, your fonts, your graphic elements, your photography style. It's really this holistic visual system. So even back then I was just sticking to my guns. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll take that money and I'm going to um, do the whole thing. And back then, of course, there wasn't much financial pressure on me because I was still living with my parents and, you know, yeah. I could kind of, I had that freedom to be able to do that. So um, right from the beginning, I just had a real passion for branding. I'm not really sure why that is. I just think it's so um, amazing to be able to really dictate how a business is going to communicate who they are. Um, so yeah. I've always loved it. And yeah, and it kind of just snowballed from there, really. I had a few different jobs and I did a lot of freelance for agencies and studios and things like that. And, um, and yeah, but it really got to the point where I had to decide, am I going to go all in on this as a business or am I sort of one foot in, one foot out? Like maybe I'll mm -hmm. go back, maybe I'll get a full-time job. Maybe I'll, um, maybe I'll keep freelancing. And I think also when you're thinking about yourself as a freelancer, you're not really taking yourself very seriously, right? Like I think freelancer, it has certain connotations or at least in my mind about what that meant and it was sort of like, you know, someone who I guess doesn't see themselves as a business owner really. It's just kind of this sort of fledgling thing. So, yeah, yeah I, I did the... I, I did this big investment in my business to work with a mentor and a coach who was in my industry. And that was the moment where I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. Like, this is the moment where I'm going to start really taking this seriously. And I'm so glad that I did because that was, I guess, one of the big initial shifts. And she was sort of saying to me, okay, well, you're working. I was working at that point three days a week um, out of office. So I was working with a PR company. I was working with a um a design agency one day a week in-house and I was working with one of my clients one day a week and she said you've got no time to actually build your business because you're working for everybody else right and you're going into their offices and and it got to the point where I had to say okay yeah I'm gonna do it and that's the moment where it really felt like what I imagine people experience when they're deciding to start their business and leaving their full-time job and leaving all that security because I was making really good money at that time and it was really scary and I was like, oh, my gosh, can I do this? And and now, and we're talking probably like seven years ago now. Like, Sorry, I don't want to go too long, you know, too in-depth. <laughs> no, this is good. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so I did it. And initially I had an income dip because, you yeah. know, I didn't have those and I slowly, right. slowly took them away. You know, it wasn't just, yeah. okay, no more of that regular work. But I'm so glad that I did because, yeah, it ultimately allowed me to actually be able to focus on growing the foundations of my business. Although looking back today, 
I'm like, okay, well, I didn't actually have the best foundations in place. Like now I do a lot more, but at the time it was definitely a lot more than what I had, which was pretty much nothing. Um, right. At that point, that's when I um, rebranded from just being under my own personal name to Soul Stirring Branding. Um, and that was really- Why did really you pick a- that name? Yeah. I, I was, it's really hard to pick a business name, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, true. It's so, it's so hard because everything's taken and- um, and yeah, and it's like, what's going to represent me? But um, I don't know, for some reason, that just really called to me this idea of um, being able to create this emotional connection and reaction in your audience and your ideal clients to make them feel something from your branding versus just being cold and lifeless and clinical, right? We want to make people feel something. But on the other side, it's also about um, create. Cre- creating a soul-stirring reaction in ourselves, right? Because when we feel a personal connection to our business, to our brand, to what we're saying, then that's really powerful for our own, um, I don't know, just mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like everything, right? When you feel a connection to what you're doing versus I'm just doing this to make money, I think that's when the magic happens. That's when it's really powerful. So um, interestingly enough, I was really nervous to have the business name Soul Stirring Branding because I'm like, oh my goodness, what are people going to think of that name? Does that sound too woo-woo? Like, I had all of these doubts in my head about, gosh, a- am I comfortable even saying that name out loud? But yeah. fascinatingly enough, that is what snowballed my whole business because that... Uh, Having that name, I was able to connect with my first American client because she also had the name Soul in her business name. And from her, so much, so many of my clients spawned from there. And it's that's why branding is so powerful, right? Because someone can see something in your business, in your brand, in the in the name, in the visuals, whatever it is, and yeah. connect with it and go, oh, that's someone like me. And that's what creates that connection. And that's why. You know, she probably would have never worked with me if that hadn't have been the case. So, um, yeah, I can see there was such a ripple effect from just a simple act of choosing a name. And I know that um, I've heard you on the podcast sort of talking about how it's important to um, have a business name so that you can potentially step out of the business. Um, And a lot of my clients actually do use their personal name. I think there's nothing wrong with that personally. But for me, what I really love about having the business name Soul Stirring Branding is that it tells you exactly what it is that I do, what my niche is, right, who my clients are. So it's really, really clear as opposed to Emma Brownson Design. Like that means nothing to somebody who's seeing it for the first time. So yeah, to cut a long story short, I, I'm really glad that I did it in the end. Yeah. Um, I can continue on a little bit more with the story, I guess, if you'd like. Yes, please. I, I love it. I'm loving this. Keep going. Keep going. Where are we up to now? I have a terrible memory, so it's hard to keep track. But yeah, so I, so I rebranded. I really took the time to actually do my own work because I think that it's kind of like the shoemaker who's children have no shoes or something like that, right? Like oftentimes as business owners, we don't do our own work for our own business. I guess it depends on what your business is. But um, yeah, it's definitely a case for a lot of designers is that we do all this work for everybody else and we haven't actually taken the time to do it for ourselves. So I actually took the time to do it for myself. So that was powerful in itself. And um, yeah, so the business really took off from there. And, And to fast forward quite a while, I guess, um, it got to the point where I was so booked out. I at, at its peak, I was booked out eight months in advance. So I would just have a wait list and I would take on, at the time, I think one client a month. 
And um, later on the track, when I had an employee, we did two we did two brands a month, and it would go over several months. But we would take right. on a new client every month. Uh, well, right. at the time, I guess it was one. And so I was booked out eight months in advance before I could even get started working with someone. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what do I do here? Right. So yeah. my first thought was, I've got to hire someone, and that's when I started building a bit more of a team, but also having my first employee. Right. But in now I don't know whether that was necessarily the right move because I hadn't really mm. laid the foundations and I think it's really important that you get the foundations right before you start hiring people so some mm. of the things that I, I wasn't the best at was setting boundaries with clients like how many revisions they could have you know I was just always trying to deliver above and beyond and right. I think that's what really allowed my business to grow because I never did any marketing, by the way. This was all word of mouth and organic. Like I've literally, wow. until this year, I haven't put any money, I don't think, into kind of advertising marketing. So it's right. been a wonderful process. Of, of, and it was wonderful getting word of mouth. But, I, but what I'm realizing now is that if you want to scale your business, you can't rely on just word of mouth alone. It's not enough, right? Yeah. But, um, but at the time, that's what was happening. I was very busy. It was all great. But, yeah. I really needed to set better boundaries, have better systems in place instead of just going, oh, there's all this work. I just need to hire someone. But the foundations, like I was talking about, weren't in place. So the same problems right. kept occurring, like the delivering. And, um, yeah, not really setting those boundaries was probably, um, even though I felt like we were charging a lot of money, it was not really covering our time, I would say, in an efficient way. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I, I tried that for a while, having an employee thinking I needed to go down this sort of agency model, which a lot of people think they need to do, right? How are you right. going to build the business? How are you going to take clients? You've just got to get more staff and yeah. you know, have them do the work. It was really challenging for me, I think, because I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> I've got to admit, so I mean, so a lot of business owners can relate to this, you know, yeah. everyone sort of says, oh, well, uh, no one can do it better than me. I, you know, uh, it's faster if I do it myself. You know, I went through all of those things and I still struggle with that a little bit. Yeah. But I'd say I've been able to let go a lot more more recently. Right. But, yeah, that was a real struggle for me for sure. But, um, yeah, I guess and then it got to the point where I found out that I was pregnant with my twins. Um, and I guess this was like probably like I guess three years ago now. Yeah. And, um I, you know, and then I got to the point where I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Because I have right. a full-time employee. I've got to keep paying her salary, right? But I need right. to step out of the business. But she wasn't at the point of being able to, um, uh, you know, do my role at that senior level. So I thought, mm. okay, well, I need to hire somebody else that's going to take on my role. And I was going through this whole process of figuring out how that was even going to work and, you know, talking right. to, to potential employees and then she resigned and then I was like okay now what's gonna happen so yeah so it was just you know trying to navigate all over the yeah the place ups and downs <laughs> it's challenging yeah especially as a parent like it's just been a whole new ball game so so yeah in the end what I decided to do was like okay that's actually maybe a blessing in disguise now right. I can just a pause in the business so what I decided to do was just to take four months off and what's yeah. good about my business in a lot of ways is that um, uh, it's very much pro project-based for a lot of it. So we take on these big branding projects where we do that branding someone from scratch or rebranding, then we'll do 
their website. And I do have some ongoing work, but my business isn't primarily what a lot of other you know, design agencies and studios will be, where it's like you have ongoing clients where you work with them on a weekly basis and you have to do X, Y, and Z. So it right. was quite easy for me to, be able to say, okay, well, now my next booking, I'm going to take it in. I think it was like maybe February of 2021. Mm-hmm. And everyone um, just had to wait that four months and no one even really knew, you know, like they didn't know that they were having to wait. So it all worked out okay. And and then obviously once I got back from my maternity leave, it was just this whole new experience of, oh, my goodness, I no longer have the time I used to. Like I would work on weekends. I would work, you know, late nights sometimes. I would be yeah. working from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep practically, right? Right. And I couldn't do that anymore. You know, when you're a parent, yeah. like, you know, I, I can't work in the early mornings. I cannot work in the evening once they come home because if I'm right. at my desk here hugging on me, they're trying to play with the keyboard, like it's it's not happening. I can't work uh, weekends. Right. <laughs> So it just completely changed everything for me because I had to reassess. This is not practical. The way that I have been running my business, that was fine when I was like 22 years old and I had all the time in the world. But now right. that I am 32, now that I have kids, I need to figure out how to leverage my time better. And yeah. one thing that I had been that had been on my list for like three years, basically, like from before the boys are born was to create a course or a program and I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off because I never had any time because I was always just prioritizing my clients and that was like Mm -hmm. a consistent theme really in the business you know never working on the business because I was too busy in the business um to the point where yeah like I, I, I wasn't posting regularly on social media I wasn't really doing any marketing um and it made me realize that, okay, I need to change that. So I was able to actually launch my course. I'm in the second round of my course now. I'm now I've created digital products and all of these things. And once you try it, you're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing because instead of trading time for money and literally having to be at your computer to do the work, it is incredibly freeing to be able to um, like leverage that time more and, and to be making, you know, having money coming in and you haven't yeah. really done anything or like have in the beginning, of course, and, you know, depending on what it is. But, yeah, so that's kind of been my journey. And, and then once I got a taste of it, I was like, wow, I want more of this. So that's like really, I guess, the direction that I'm heading in is not so much I need to build up a big team and I need to have, you know, five, ten full-time employees. That's not my vision anymore. Right. My vision now, I have contractors that I work with. I outsource my social media now, things like that outsource my bookkeeping, all the things that I knew to stay consistent with. Um, But really my vision is to create products, courses, and other things in conjunction. I'll still always be doing my, uh, well, I I say always, I'm not sure, but I'm sure that my bread and butter will still be that um, those, you know, big juicy branding projects and website projects that I love. But I'm just realizing that, hey, I can do a lot in these other areas that I literally never even tried before because I was so much drowning in the work that I never even gave myself time or permission. I felt guilty about yeah. doing work on business, right? Right. So yeah, that's kind of the story. 
Wow. No, I appreciate you sharing that journey with me. I think it's beautiful to be able to talk about and watch just that transition and that growth, because I think we all go through it, but in different ways. And to be able to look at that and go, oh, I can take pieces and parts that I relate to and about different people in the audience can also relate to those things. And so I just appreciate you sharing that. Um, what would you say is your biggest challenge now that you're currently facing as a business owner? And what are you looking to do to work through that challenge? Mm, interesting. Um, I mean, it's still much of the same, really. It's like I've still got a lot of that one-on-one -on -one work that I have to do. I'm still limited right. with my time. So it's really about I have so I, – walking back maybe like five years ago, I had no – you know, I would hear my clients talking about, oh, I've got so many ideas of what I want to create and I just, you know, don't have time or whatever. And I couldn't relate to it. I was literally – I offered this one um, package, really, the branding package – for 10 years, that was like the same thing. Like I, I evolved the offering, but that was all I ever did. I didn't have ideas, these big yeah. things I wanted to do. But now that I've had a taste of it, I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, I could do this, yeah. I could do this. You know, I've got a million ideas and it's just, um, it takes time to create these things that you can then leverage. You know, it took me a very long right. time. Of course, a lot of it was, um, part of it was built before I um, sold it. And a lot of it, the majority of it, was built in real time with my sort of beta round of students. And I love it. All of it is so much work, right? Like <laughs> you think it's going to be easy. It's not easy at all. That it's it's no. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's just the time that it, that it takes to create those things and giving yourself permission to be like, you know, I can do this. This is important for my business. Just right. really changing the mindset, right, from I yeah. need to be doing client work 24-7, otherwise I'm not, you know, creating billable hours here, right? right. Um, it's really scary to create something without knowing are people going to want it really or, uh, mm. you know, am I actually getting like I, I started to get really anxious as I was creating my course, for example, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm sinking so many hours into this thing. You know, what if it all kind of crumbles and no one really wants it anyway? So that was quite right. good in, in a way of to sell it before I'd fully launched it, which I know a lot of people do, um, because at least I knew that there was interest and all that kind of thing. But, yeah, I, I still find it really scary to create these things because it's like, what if it flops and then I've yeah. sunk all this money and it's so much safer to just work with clients because you know they've hired you for a specific purpose, right? And then right. you're going to go and you're going to do it and then you're going to get the money and, and it's all um, guaranteed. But there's no right. guarantees when you're creating courses and products and these types of things that are more leveraged. You don't know. It could be an amazing success or it could just be like no one wants it. And so, yeah, it's scary and I think a big part of it is, yeah, m mindset shift and giving myself permission to um, prioritize those tasks in the business. Right, right. Oh, man, I appreciate you sharing that. So, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned at the beginning of when you started to hire that you were like, I don't know if it was the right time because I didn't have the correct systems and foundations put in place. What were, what would you say were some of those most important systems that you put in place? Yeah, like I would say that even now, probably I don't have the best systems in place. Like I know everyone has a CRM. I don't have one. Like there are all these things where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I have my own system that I guess I developed over time. Um, yeah. But it's hard to say what the shift has been. Um, 
I don't know if I have an answer for that exactly, but I think it's just more my own confidence as a business owner, you know, yeah. from five years into 10 years in. Now that I've, I've done this so many times, like I've worked with hundreds of clients at this point, it really does feel like it's working like a well-oiled machine now. Like I just have the confidence that I know, I, I know what's happening and, and, and I don't feel like I need to over-deliver to a crazy level, right? Like I have right. my boundaries now around um, what feels like it's good energetically I guess for me to deliver based on you know what has been agreed and I'm still not 100% like the best at boundaries I'm still you know even even with kids I'm, I'm terrible with boundaries this morning I gave them ice cream because they're going crazy and I don't know we didn't have any bread at home and then I'm like okay well, we can have ice cream and then there was a meltdown over the ice cream so I'm terrible with boundaries, but um and you know if it shows up in one area of your life, it's going to show up in another area for sure. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's been about realizing things like I'm never going to be able to be consistent on social media on my own. I might as well outsource right. that. I hate bookkeeping. I might, you yeah. know, like I guess figuring out what are those things where you know if I'm never going to do it, but it's really important to the growth of my business, then yeah. I might as well work on outsourcing those things. Getting pricing right, I think, is really really important. Um, yeah. when maybe we didn't have, probably we didn't have at that point when I was like eight months into uh, the eight month waste wait list, the pricing has definitely increased over time. Um, even yeah. put carefully back some of the deliverables. It doesn't have to be, you know, this giant laundry list of what we deliver or it's not good enough. Like, um, so yeah, I guess it's just about refining the offering refining you know now like I said it's a well-oiled machine I know exactly how everything works with this sort of um delivering that service um but yeah and then also I guess using project management tools and things like that has been really important so that I'm not lost in a sea of emails um but yeah I think there's still a lot more I can do Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you sharing that. So this has been amazing so far. My last question for you is what does somebody do to really create an impactful brand? Yeah. I think this is a really important um, question regarding um, like the topic of what you talk about here on the podcast, right? Because um, if you don't know what your brand is, right, or how you want to communicate, and then you want to outsource that because I know the whole purpose of this podcast is all about um, talking about shifting from that, you know, solopreneur to business owner. And in that right. role, we do want to outsource things like social media like I'm doing now and, and, and other things, maybe copywriting, all different sorts of things. But if you don't know actually how you're going to communicate, then anyone you hire is just going to put their own stamp on it. They're going to say, okay, yeah. well, this sounds good and this sounds good. and But it really should be led by the founder, by your vision, by your values, by what how you want to come across. You are the, the custodian of this brand, you know, yeah. that the, you're leading the way. But I think so much of the time we can either give our power away or try and outsource and then the outcome is not what we want. And then we go, oh, why haven't they figured it out? Like, you know, the people that we're outsourcing to need to be mind readers. No, like we we really need to be thinking intentionally because our brand is the foundation of everything that we yeah. create from, right? Like it, right. people say, oh, you know, branding's what people say about you when you're not in the room. And, and I, right. Like, it's so ambiguous. Like what even is branding? People are probably yeah. thinking, but 
really is so all-encompassing and that's why it can be I think potentially a little confusing um so the first thing is I guess just understanding that your brand is so much more than just a logo and so much more even your visual branding it's basically every way that you are communicating um who you are as a business so it really starts from a foundational level normally people um hopefully people can see on screen like this is like yeah yeah, i got you like the hands are into a place this is step one this well of course you can't see this if you're on the podcast but you listen (laughs) on the podcast but um what i'm trying to say is that people often start the process of branding like 10 steps ahead of really where they need to begin you need to begin not because it's really tempting, right? It's tempting to um, want to jump straight into, oh, I need a website, I need a logo, I want to start marketing my business. Business owners are very impatient, I think. We just want to get stuck into it, we want to get going. But laying the foundations is so crucial to the overall success. It's like building a house without the right foundations in place yeah. and you're building something and it's all going to crumble down if you don't have those foundations. So I forget what the question was. What was your initial question? How, How to create it? an impactful brand? Like what are those first steps? Okay, so the very first step in the process is to actually work on what is the message that you were trying to say? What is the, what mm. I call sort of the heart and the soul your brand like you know your business it has this sort of it's this living breathing entity of its own it has a heart and a soul and a message and a and a voice and all our values and all these things so it's really just defining like what am I even trying to say why am I actually in business in the first place you know beyond trying to make money we all want to make money we all want time freedom all of these different reasons why someone might start a business but beyond that I personally work with clients where they have a sort of a why or a purpose behind the business that's more than just about making money. It's because they really want to make a difference in the world, right? So yeah. it's about defining those things. Like, why am I actually doing this work in the first place? What are the values or like the sort of pillars that uphold my brand? What do I even care about? What do I believe in? Yeah. Um, you know, and what is the sort of the, the mission behind my work? What is it that makes me unique or makes us unique if we're talking about, you know, a team? Um, yeah. And then, you know, who are our ideal clients? Um, so really defining the foundations of what are we actually trying to say here? What is our point yeah. of difference? All of these things. We want to understand that before we work on anything visual, right? Mm. Because if you're working on a logo, you're working on colors, everything should be should be underpinned by that message of what are we actually trying to say? What kind of feel do we want to create? What's the vibe, the energy, the personality of our brand, right? right. Um, and I like to, to um, connect that back to the founder. I work with a lot of personal brands and I was yeah. thinking about, um, you know, podcast today because you might think, okay, well, can you build a personal brand but also be creating, you know, being a business owner and building a team. And I think, yeah, yeah there's, a, you know, not everyone needs to create a personal brand, but I think that it's really powerful because, yeah. um, you know, people want to buy from people. There's that trust level that comes from seeing the face of the brand, like people seeing you as the face yeah. of your business, even if you have a team I think it's really great to um you know if if that's the direction you want to take it in and of course everybody should be guided by their own intuition not by me saying you know you should build a personal brand it's obviously a a personal choice here but yeah I think it will be really really powerful um to do that and I've lost my train of thought here of why I brought this up in the first place um gosh we were talking about 
Can how you, to create an impactful brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to create that impactful brand, how to really make a difference and how creating an impactful brand can be, you could still run a business and have an impactful brand. Right. So, yeah. So even if, so for example, even if you um, are running a big team, I still think that the, the general brand should be guided by what are your values? What's this culture that you want to create? What's the intention behind you starting this business in the first place? I still think yeah. that there's a lot of that heart and soul stuff that's going to come from you as the founder. And maybe depending on the brand, you know, it might not be like your personal style or your personality is the brand, but it could be. It really yeah. depends on the business. But um, with the kind of clients that I work with who are usually coaches, um, therapists, artists, creatives, um, spiritual business owners, um, for those kind of business owners, um, they want their vibe, their energy to be mm. translated into the brand because that when they show up and they're doing an Instagram live or coach, uh, coaching, group coaching, whatever that it is that they're doing, you know, they don't want people to see them showing up be like whoa this is a really different experience from what I thought the brand was to the experience that I'm having with um you know this person talk like if you have a a really soothing gentle um calming natural brand and then um you know and then maybe the person's talking really loud and energetic and you know really bold in your face like it's going to be jarring it's going to be a different experience so that's just like one example that you want there to be um, cohesion and congruency between what you're putting out and the actual experience. And I think that even if you're in a team, you can also think about it that way because you're creating a culture of like, how do you want your team to communicate to your clients, for example? Like, you know, what's yeah. the tone of voice that we're putting forward? Are we talking, you know, and actually really um, dictating that? So, yeah. So cut a long story short, I guess it all begins with understanding like who are we really and how do we want to communicate and having written notes, like having that as a sort of strategy document, um, what I call my heart and soul guidebooks, which is really like, you know, putting down on paper who actually are we, who is our ideal client and really having that strong understanding, competitors, all that kind of stuff, right? So we want that foundation before we move on. Then when we work on the visuals, we make sure that everything ties back to that. So every color choice, right. every shape that we're including, every photograph should tell that story that, you know, th- that we're trying to convey the, and the feeling and the energy and what, what you want people to walk away with feeling. Right. Then the next step in the process is to really create the designs and the templates. So if you are wanting to outsource, you don't necessarily want, um, I mean, depending on who you're working with, They might create the templates for you, but really it's about having a set system for this is how we communicate beyond the tools in your toolbox that I talk about, like, you know, logo, colors, fonts, graphics, photography, but how do they all work together? How do they all fit into the design of something that you're posting on social media or webinar slides or eBooks or whatever it is that you are creating all of these different touch points for your brand? You want to know that you have a set system for that. And that it's going to be consistent because consistency is what builds trust and recognition. You know, mm. oh, you know, when I see these these elements, I know that that is X Y Z business. So right. yeah, there are certain stages to the process, and it's really important that you kind of do all of those stages 
before, ideally before you outsource so that someone, you're not hiring someone to do social media posts for you and they turn around and they've given you something and you're like, whoa, where did this come from? This feels really different to what I had in my head, which I have to communicate to you because most people don't know how to brief someone that they are trying to hire, right? Most people don't know the kind of things that they need to tell that person in order for them to do a really good job. And sometimes the person who you're hiring doesn't know the right questions to ask either. A lot of the time they will, but sometimes they won't. So, yeah, it's really ideally we want to lay all of those foundations first so that um, it's going to make outsourcing so much easier. Imagine if you know exactly how you communicate, the right tone, the right personality. You have all of the visual elements, like you've got all your logos saved out. You know exactly what your colors are. You have all these different yeah. graphic elements that are distinct to you. You have a certain style for your photography. You've got, you know, your photo shoot of you or your team. All of your assets are ready to go. And then yeah. um, and then you also have the templates. So, so if you're hiring someone to do social media posts, they know exactly what template to use. And, you know, obviously there's room to create different designs from there. But having those fundamentals in place are going to mean that somebody is going to jump, be able to jump straight into your brand as a new hire or contractor, whatever it might be, and just pick it up really easily versus them having to ask a whole bunch of questions and figure everything out for you. Um, And as I said, each new person that comes in wants to put their stamp on it. And then you look at what's been created. And I hear this all the time from clients that have big teams. It's like we hired all these different graphic designers to do these different things. And then we look back on it and we realize that it was just disjointed and all over the place because everybody mm. wants to put their spin on it. Nobody really knows what the system is. So you're sort of making it up as you go along, throwing things against the wall to see what sticks, what works. Um, so, yeah. I would say that there is a distinct order in which you ideally should do it. And that is what's going to help you to create a really strong brand that is going to support you to make outsourcing easier so you can step out of the business and relax more. Oh, amazing. I love that walkthrough. Thank you so, so much for being on today. Where can people find you if they want help with this process? If they want to connect with you, hear more from you, where can they go? Absolutely. So my website is soulstirringbranding.com.au or you can do .com as well. Um, You can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out most of the time. Um, Finally consistent with it. Yay. Thanks to um, outsourcing that. But yeah. Oh, gosh, it's made a huge help. So, yeah, I would say my website, my, um, my Instagram. I've got a free masterclass on my website that people can check out if they want to learn more about those initial stages of the process, like what are the first steps that someone can take. Um, and I've got my course launching, not, not until February of next year, which will be February of 2024. Well, but otherwise, yeah, working with one-on-one with clients doing the course and hoping to have, um, website templates and other, um, digital downloads and things like that available really soon. Like I've been talking about so that, um, there's all, there's going to be all sorts of exciting things to be able to, um, download as well soon. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. I truly appreciate that it. Is there any last things that you want to add before we finish up for today? Oh gosh, I don't know. I just, well, yeah, thanks so much for, for listening. And yeah, do I guess do take your branding seriously because it is such a fundamental. It's really easy to think that, oh, 
you know, it's going to take too much time. Even I put my own, like, I needed to rebrand and I just put it off as well because I'm like, I'm so busy. I don't have time for that. But it's like we've been talking about from the beginning. It's one of those things that is going to, it's, it's building those foundations that's going to support you in the long run to be able to outsource these things. Um, and it's going to give you such a good understanding of who you actually are as a business. So I think um, if you haven't done those steps that I described, I would just say, yeah, really get on that. And it can be something that you start yourself or that you get help with. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. I truly appreciate it. Let is, let's go ahead and cue that outro. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.